I'm Jenny. I'm Joe. And this is Progress Prompts, where we believe there are two pillars to meaningful progress, knowing and loving who you are and living in alignment with that. But we know that's easier said than done, so join us for some honest Q&D today. We definitely don't have all the answers, but we've got you covered on the prompts. Hello, friends. Howdy. Happy uh, post-Easter weekend for you. Oh, yeah, I guess it's post-Easter weekend for them and pre-Easter weekend pre for us. Pre-Easter weekend for us. We're so excited. Joe gets two extra days off work this weekend. Four-day weekends. Woot, woot. Yes. Yeah, I'm going to be putting in sprinklers. <laughs> he, he is. He's been working so hard on our sprinklers, you guys. Props to Joe. He's been out in the yard on weeknight evenings, every Saturday, every chance he gets. And he's doing a darn good job. Well, I didn't dare rent a trencher because our ground is very rocky and I think it would destroy the trencher if I rented a trencher. <laughs> so I dug all the trenches by hand. The piping is going really quickly. Yeah, it's coming along. Good job. Yep. You're up for confessions today. All right. So my confession is that school lunch tater tots are the best. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the worst. They're the best? <laughs> They're the best. <laughs> They're, wow. So they're like, like you go to like, I don't know what place serves t- Sonic, and their tater tots are like not really crunchy, like they're kind of soft and squishy. Ooh. Like tater tots from school lunch, at least my school, they're like super crispy on the outside, like <laughs> there's a crunch, and then they're soft and potatoey on the inside. Have them with a little ranch, yeah, that's the best. But here's the problem. Last year, so I do lunch duty, and they they give me free lunch because I do lunch duty. And I did lunch du- duty last year, and they would have tater tots with, like, every meal. Well, not every meal, but, like, a lot of the times. Anytime they had either a hamburger or, like, a chicken sandwich or anything along that lines, you got tater tots. This year, it's like once in a blue moon they do tater tots, and it's super depressing, and all of us who do lunch duty are, like, mad about it. You just need a man purse, so every time they do it, you can hide them in your man purse, save up for the future. And then do a Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> Dude, give me some of your tots. <laughs> Seriously, like, would consider doing that. They're that good. <laughs> it's the tots, man. They're, they're worth it. Oh, boy. Yeah. But then you can't really say anything to the lunch ladies, because, like, that's like the person you never cross at school. <laughs> <laughs> Valid. I see your point. Anyway, school lunch tater tots, bomb diggity. All right. Good confession. Do you have a question? I don't. Was I supposed to? No. Okay. You just said you wanted to take turns, but I happen to have a burning question, so okay. it right. works out. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to think of how to phrase it, but I've been dealing with chronic migraines. They're the worst, you guys. I pretty much take a nap every day. <laughs> every day and uh, I've been taking multiple medications like six different things so that's a party and hopping from doctor to doctor and it's just like note she is not 
taking opiates and she's not hopping from doctor to doctor to get narcotic payments. <laughs> Thought I should clarify that. Well, hopping you know from what? doctor to doctor to find a doctor that actually can solve yeah, the problem. Yeah, let, let's elaborate for a minute because here's a struggle about chronic illness is there's kind of that stigma. Like if you are hopped from doctor to doctor, then other doctors assume it's your choice. That like you're looking for specific medications or you're an unhappy patient or whatever. No, I would stick with just one doctor. It's the doctors who don't want me. <laughs> they don't know, like, we don't treat this. We don't know what to do for it. Let's refer you to this guy. Let's try this guy. Let's try this one. And I'm just like, half of them aren't even covered by my insurance. And it sucks. I'm gonna say the word sucks. Oh boy, I'm a sinner because I'm in pain. And so you go through all of this with trying different medications, trying to find what works, going to different specialists, trying to find somebody who is willing to help you get to the bottom of it because I don't just want pain medication. I want to know what's causing it. People don't know what's causing it. So at that point, it becomes less about finding a cure and more about finding something to help you manage it which is what I'm looking for at this point. Let's find me something that can help me wrestle with my kids and get out of my bed for the day and put my hair in a ponytail without getting a headache. And I have done all the things. I've gotten updated eyeglasses. I've been to the dentist and checked all of my teeth. I have a mouth guard. I go to the chiropractor. Um, so it's not just like, here, I want pain medication. And I just feel like I want to clear that up. And it's also not just I'm lazy and I have a low pain tolerance because it is actually quite painful. And at some points it's really, really painful, like bawling in front of my kids painful. And at other times it's just like kind of a medium level of pain. It's not a migraine. It's not a headache. It's somewhere in the middle. And it's like that all day long, 24 seven. But being in pain a lot also gives me a lot of fatigue and it means that I can do less. And all of this is a long explanation for my question, which is this. <laughs> <laughs> what is the difference between toxic positivity and having a positive outlook? Because at this point I'm like, I want to have a good attitude, but also if somebody else tells me, just change your mindset and everything will get better one more time, <laughs> I'm going to punch someone in the face. Like, that's how I feel about life. Don't tell me that I can outthink my way out of my circumstances. And yet I'm a big believer that I can control the way that I respond to my circumstances. Something that Joe Freestone said in our interview with her was that looking back over her postpartum depression and being out of it, she felt like she had gotten her agency back. And I just was like, I can relate with that because sometimes you lose it in the moment because you just feel like you're reacting to everything and I just can't, I can't see my way from here. I have no options, I have no choices. Life just is awful. But at the same time, I also 
it's annoying and invalidating when people tell me to have a good attitude about hard things. So that's what I want to know is what is the difference and what is the balance there? Well, a couple of things come to mind. Like, first of all, in answer to your question, I think the difference between, and I hesitate to use the word toxic positivity because, I don't know, I, I don't, I hesitate to label something toxic when people are trying to help. I don't know that that's helpful either, but there can definitely be unhelpful positivity. And I think that the difference between unhelpful positivity and helpful positivity, or at least one of the key differences between unhelpful positivity and helpful positivity is the recognition of the situation. I don't think it's helpful to pretend that nothing is wrong or to pretend that this isn't painful or to try and act as if, you know, everything's great. That's just lying to yourself. You can't actually be positive without acknowledging the hard and the challenge. Otherwise, you're not really being positive. You're just kind of hiding your head in the sand and pretending, you know, sticking your fingers in your ear, la, 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 you know? Okay, I'm literally sticking my fingers in my yes. ear. Right? <laughs> uh, so I think that's that's a big key difference. That, that That's one of the first things that comes to mind. You don't want to be putting your head in the sand and not acknowledging the situation because then, you know, you really can't be positive. You can only be ignorant or naive about it. I think the better course of action is to say, hey, look, I'm really having a hard time. And that means I'm going to have hard days and I'm going to feel sad sometimes or I'm going to feel hurt or angry, you know, whatever the situation calls for. But with my eyes wide open to that, I'm still going to choose to try to be the best person I can be in spite of the real challenges that I'm facing. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to be walking around with a, you know, Botox smile or anything like that. That means that I can, I can still have bad days and stuff, but I'm still going to try to be a good person. Yeah. So I think that that's the more helpful kind of positivity. This reminds me of Viktor Frankl, who is a, was a very well-respected psychologist who also went through the Holocaust and was in a concentration camp. And he is well known for his views on the fact that we as human beings have the agency to choose our attitude. And I can't think of a better example of helpful positivity than someone like that who has been through a worse hell than most of us can even imagine, let alone have actually experienced, yet still believes that, you know, our greatest asset is that we can choose and that nobody can take that away from us. And again, I don't think that, you know, nothing I've ever read that he said I would construe to be saying, oh, just ignore, you know, whatever bad is happening and pretend it doesn't exist. But to acknowledge what's happening and choose anyway to try to be a good person. I think a couple of things that I was thinking about as you were talking, people quote Viktor Frankl quite a lot. Yeah. Especially when it comes to this topic. Yeah. I think you have to understand 
a few things. One, his situation, like you were talking about, which we may never understand exactly, but knowing a little bit of the history there, and then hearing him say that we have the agency to choose after having gone through concentration camps and experiences like that, that makes a difference, knowing the history. But also, like you were saying, acknowledging the hard, I think one thing that I'm always reminding myself of is to use the word and. I can feel this and this. It's easy to feel like when you're in the moment, hearing a be positive quote negates whatever else you're feeling. But to me, if I can say it feels hard and I can still choose. Holding both of those thoughts Hold, in your yes. mind at the same time. Yes, holding space for both of those, exactly. I think that that helps me. And the third thing is remembering, like we've mentioned, that agency is actually a gift. Something that Viktor Frankl specifically said that Joe mentioned is no one can take that away from you. So it's not like this burden that's being placed upon you. It's actually something that is like in the moment when it feels hard and you feel like you have nothing, at least you have this. At least you have the capability to choose how you want to show up. And to me, that's meaningful because it feels like I can barely get out of bed today, but at least I have the choice to say, what kind of attitude do I want to respond to this with? And at the same time, holding space for all of the feelings, right? But I don't want to be the kind of person that lets my circumstances make me bitter. And I don't blame people when that happens to them, but that's not the kind of life I want to live. I want to give myself and my family the best kind of life that I can with the cards that I'm dealt. And I think that that's a gift. Yeah, that reminds me of, of something a friend of mine said, Dr. Mitchell Culver. Um, he is a professor, he deals with uh, like student analytics and stuff at um, Utah State University. I, I went to a lot of my doctoral classes with him, and I was having a brief conversation with him over Instagram a few weeks ago. I said, how are you doing? He said, oh, things aren't so great right now, but I'm making good choices. And hopefully if he ever listens to this podcast, which I probably doubt, but hopefully he doesn't mind me sharing this. But, I, you know, that really struck me what he said, that things aren't great right now, but I'm making good choices. And I was like, what an interesting way to, you know, say that. That's something I had never heard anybody say before. And I was thinking about it, and I thought, what a way to use your agency to choose your attitude because if you want to be experiencing something better than you are now the way to get there is to make good choices so his attitude is and I don't know what he what was a struggle at the time you know it could have been something big or small I don't know but um, his attitude was I'm going to make choices that are going to result in something better in the future. And I thought, man, that what a powerful way to, to think about and then express your agency. And I think that that just popped into my head as, as really an embodiment of what we're talking about. So, Dr. Culver, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>
I like that. And your choices don't have to be big, grand gestures. Maybe those good choices aren't, I'm going running every day and I'm <laughs> like, I have this great vision for my life and that might not be what making good choices looks like for me right now. But I can still make good choices with the circumstances that I am in. I always go back to what am I going to be most thankful for at the end of the day? When I look over this day, what am I going to thank my Father in Heaven for? And I usually end up spending better quality time with my kids. Like today, we built a Lego tower. I still had a headache today. It still sucked. But I did get something fun in with my kids. Or the other day... I really wanted to watch my own show and they wanted me to watch The Good Dinosaur with them so bad. <laughs> so I did and that meant so much to them. So it's it doesn't have to be big, I guess is my point. It can be little things too that still end up tipping that scale. And then the last thing is something that I've been saying to myself recently, I know who I am. And that's just a reminder to me Sometimes I want to defend my actions. Like, as you can tell from the beginning of this, I want to explain, like, I'm not hunting for narcotics. I'm not lazy. I'm not this. I'm not that. And I just feel like I'm constantly trying to defend myself to other people and explain myself. And I think I need to let a little bit of that go. And so this week, I've been saying to myself, I know who I am. I know I'm not lazy. I know that... I'm trying to do what's best for my body and I can let it go. What other people know or don't know, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't affect the quality of my life, right? And it's easier said than done, but that's just a mantra that I've been using lately that has helped, so. <laughs> I don't have anything else. All right, let us know what you guys think. Helpful versus unhelpful positivity. Thanks for being a part of our conversation. We are so glad that you're here. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's prompt. Let us know at progressprompts.com or on Instagram at progressprompts. And if someone comes to mind while you're listening, please share the podcast with a friend. Word of mouth is the biggest compliment. See you next time. And remember, the secret to not caring what other people think about you, to more peace and less anxiety, and to being your best self for the people you love is to know and love who you are. La 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 <laughs> You never know that you did orchestra instead of choir in school. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm being real. Come on, those were good. I don't think so. Good vocal warm Just because warm I know what thirds are doesn't mean <laughs> what you can say. That was good. <laughs>